welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. So and I have been saving a tale for you, Dimity. So I'm going to share it now because it really, it has, it's related to running and it is really just going to nominate me for Mother of the Year Award. Uh, so that, and I know you're just dying to know it now. Well, I, you're trying to steal my awards. That's what you're trying to do. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not enough that you can beat me in the marathon, but now you want my mother of the year award, Sarah. I mean, it's nothing sacred. All right. All right. I'll be the judge of whether or not you get to take it away from me. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so John and Daphne, my eight-year-old twins, I signed them up, um, without much notice for, um, um, a cross-country program here. It's very um, low-key. You can show up at the the twice-weekly practices or not. There were, I believe, four meets, with the final one being the big meet. That that At the very first meeting, they were like, okay, you know, all meets are optional, but we really want you to show up for that final meet because, you know, all team scores will count, and we are going in as the reigning champions, and we want that trophy again. And so, but it was all very low key and, um, the practice times, um, they, I don't know, they, what did they conflict with? Oh, maybe John has boys dance on Wednesdays. And then, uh, there was about 45 minutes or so of leeway until then the cross country was. So there'd be some whining and I occasionally let them skip it. Or John went with me to Washington DC. So, and they went to one, um, cross country meet. And it was so funny. I think I told you about this, but it was two loops of this core of this park. And there was a fairly substantial hill in it. And I guess maybe I told them it was only one time around. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had to go twice. And so, but John was really, I mean, he was going fast. That little dude can run. And so, but as soon as they finished, they both were like, that was so hard. And Daphne was like, my throat hurts. It's so dry. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, yes, mouth breather. Yes, that's what happens when you pant throughout it. So they weren't real thrilled about it. But then I was like, okay, this is it. You know, the big, big meet finally came and it was on a Thursday. And I sort of forgot. Uh, it was a domino effect. I forgot that the both John and Daphne have dance level three that goes until 4.15. And I completely forgot about that. They'd only had one week of it before. And so if I'd really been thinking, the, so in the cross-country meet starts at five. And if I'd been thinking, I would have picked them up maybe at four from dance. Instead, I let them get their carpool ride home. So they didn't get home till about 4.32. We probably didn't get out the door till 4.40. And as you know from traveling with me, I can be overly reliant on um, the Maps application on my iPhone. And so I was like, okay, I've been to this park before. I run past it sometimes. I know where that park is. I am not looking at my iPhone. And then I set out with the twins in rush hour traffic. And Jack was driving separately. He was coming from a house showing or something to meet us there. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, Overlook Park. It's right across from Adidas, right across from Adidas. So I head north, 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 finally start heading west. I get all the way over there. I'm like, oh, man, the park isn't where I thought it was. So oh, I was shoot. I was already cutting it close and I had let the twins know that. And Daphne, I could tell immediately, was like thinking, no worries. I didn't really want to do that race anyway. <laughs> Like, Mom, it's okay. Get lost. Drive yeah. to Washington if you want. It was totally the case. And John just started getting, you know, he started getting really irked at Daphne when she'd make some comment. And, you know, when it would take us a couple cycles to get through a light, he's like, why aren't we making it? Why can't we make this left? And, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, oh. 
oh no. So I, I let him know. I was like, you know, it's going to be really close. It's going to be really close. Well, that was even before I realized that I'd gone probably a mile too far north. And then I kind of wasn't sure where the park was. And so we, oh, we and, and Jack called and he's like, where are you? The race is starting. We missed oh, it by, shoot. yeah, we missed it by a good, I don't know, 12 or 15 minutes. And, wow. and John was just so disconsolate. He was so upset, but I got to say, so he, they immediately, so then there was Jack and there was me and they, they at least still wanted to drive home with me. And, and we were walking. <laughs> <laughs> You're still his favorite parent, even though you, well, okay, but, but, okay. But there is a, there's a, there's a, there's a good kicker. There is a good kicker upside to it. Okay. So I, so we were walking away and, um, uh, the coach, their coach comes running up to us while another, you know, group of kids was going on. And because we had offered them, they, they were race, supposed to race with the third and fourth graders. And Jack had said to the coaches, you know, like, hey, can they do it with the fifth and sixth graders? And the twins wanted none of that. And so, but anyway, so while the fifth and sixth grader race was coming, going on, the coach Michael comes running up to us and was like, hey, I'm so sorry you guys missed the race. You know, and John immediately goes, oh, yeah, my mom got lost. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm sure you're mad at your mom, but don't be mad at her. You know, she did her best. She got you here. And so he was, you know, cutting me a lot of slack. And he's like, I really hope, though, you're going to come to our track program in the spring. And he starts talking up the track program to John, particularly. And he's like, oh, and there's this boy who was just like you on the team. And he couldn't decide which event to do. So he ended up racing them all. And he did such a great job and blah, 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 blah. This guy spent like three or four minutes talking to John. And I just was like, that is such a quality guy. And now John is so excited to do the track program. So I sort of oh, feel good. it almost. And, there's just silver lining. Exactly. Yeah. And though right before that, right before Michael um, caught up with us, John had turned to me and he goes, Mom. This makes me totally want to do this next fall. Whereas he meant the program, the cross country program. Meanwhile, if you had asked him like two weeks before, like as he's being, oh, I don't want to go to cross country, we've been like, John, I really want you to do it next year. He'd be like, no, bad idea. So I do yeah. feel like this tantalized him and now it made it seem super appealing, you know? So well, yeah, that's the thing. I was going to say, like, I, you know, they sounded like I didn't want to do it at all. So, I mean, you know, no harm, no foul. But it sounds like, yeah, that's perfect. That's that's. Yeah. So and then I mean, on the then then driving, we had to then drive like a gajillion miles to pick up Phoebe from her soccer. But so John is leaning against the van window. And at a stoplight, I turn around, look back at mom and go, oh, sweetie, are you tired? He goes, no, I'm really sad. And I, I, I mean, I apologize. I must have, and I sincerely, sincerely felt badly about this. I must have apologized, I don't know, 15 or 20 times. And, you know, I kind of use it as a learning lesson. I was like, you know, I really made a mistake and I am very sorry. And next time I'll plan better and I'll think ahead. And so, but then, you know, but Daphne definitely was like, mom, it's okay. Mom, it's okay. And then John said, mom, I forgive you and all this stuff. Well, then the next morning he comes downstairs and I was making their lunches using a, um, a tortilla instead of uh, regular sliced bread because I had not gone to the supermarket the day before and we were, we ran out of sliced bread. John goes, mom, I told you I don't like sandwiches made with tortilla. I'm like, well, I didn't get to the supermarket yesterday. And he goes, yeah, and you didn't get me to the race on time. <laughs> I was like, wow, wait a... Fail and fail. <laughs> like, way to throw that in my face just within 12 hours of making the mistake. <laughs> and I mean, it was just dead silence in the kitchen. And the entire family was in the kitchen. 
and uh, we just i didn't lose my temper i would have totally laughed i would have totally laughed well and i mean he like, ma- yeah you're right on that buddy yeah <laughs> he made it he he sounded very very mad about the whole thing and very hurt and uh-huh. jack just kind of quietly said your mom really tried her best and she said she apologized to you john so yeah. anyway, but oh. that's so funny. That is that's a great story. That's I like it. I like it. Yeah. And I like all the all the ways that it kind of turned out to be the right thing. Yes. And so and so I really do have to um, my hat is off to foot traffic, which is a local running specialty store that puts it on. And, and Michael is a longtime coach with them. And I just it is a really fantastic program that I found out about through another um, mother runner, uh, Andrea Sanchez. Um, so thanks to everybody. Um, so switching, switching gears, but talking yeah, about, now you got that now. Well, so that, that's not, but that's not an epic fail, Sarah. I got to say, like, I think I get to keep my mother of the year award. Cause that's just, that's just mm. 10 or 15. I really do. I mean, okay. You can vote. Okay. How about, how about people vote on Twitter? You know, which but, one of us? <laughs> but, I don't have a story right now to say what got me the mother of the year award, but as a rule, I typically, you know, I can get, I can get, I I'm nominated at least if not daily, at least weekly around this house. I mean, I, I basically think of my, my kids. It's, it's, yell, your, it's, your bo- I, it's your body of work rather than one specific performance is what exactly, you're being nominated exactly. on. Exactly. Yes. I want you to, I want you to consider the whole volume of Divinity's Mother of the Year. Yes. And um, you want the Academy I mean, voters to consider it. Yes. I mean, my, my philosophy around parenting is if my kids don't yell, you know, I hate you once to me, at least once a week, like I'm not doing my job, you know? So, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, For the record, my kids have never told me that. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, maybe you're not strict enough. Saying. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, anyway all right, all right. let's get to modern parenting clashes. Um, yes. Let's bring on our guest who is, um, Jennifer Upton. She is a mother runner as well as a registered dietitian and a Disney travel planner. So she has her, you know, mother runner sweat wicking hat on. She's got her don't eat that hat on and her mouseketeer ears on. She's she's really good at multitasking. Um, she's also a mother of twin boys um, and her husband runs. She encourages him to run. And um, you can find Jennifer after we talk to her at Healthy Disney Guide. Dot com if you want to connect with her. Let's get down to business. To the gates, the huns. Did they send me daughters? And I asked for sons. Thanks for joining us today, Jen. We're looking forward to talking about eating for kind of funky timed races with you. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So for starters, you know, tell us how you got involved in run Disney races. You know, we know you're um, really dedicated to them, but you, you told us that the Expedition Everest was what got you into running. That Absolutely. Disney is what got me started running. I have never been a runner. That was always something I couldn't do. I had asthma when I was a kid. Oh, you can't do that. I never thought I could do it. Mm. And we planned a vacation several years ago, and I found out looking on Line that there was going to be a 5k at Disney World while we were there and I thought that sounds like fun maybe <laughs> I could start running and do it so five six years later here I am still running Disney races running races at home and uh, it's just kind of turned into uh, a whole thing I've gone from running a 5k to a marathon so yay Disney wow. Well, so, so that 5k, I mean, was that hard for you? Like, I mean, we've got a lot of people who have a tough time getting off the couch listening. And so tell us about, you know, what kind of got you to that 5k and kept you going after that. 
Absolutely. It took me the whole summer. I did the couch to 5k plan, just like lots and lots of folks do. And I repeated weeks and was terrified of week five and, uh, you know, kind of worked my way through it all summer long, ran a few local 5k's, came in three people from the end at one of them and just kind of kept at it and kept at it to finally get to Disney and run through the theme parks. That was the Expedition Everest challenge we did. And it's actually a 5k plus a scavenger hunt, plus an obstacle course. Wow. So once we got there, the fun was on and the pressure was off. <laughs> and we had a great time. We had a great time. And I spent about two years kind of, you know, running three and four miles here and there, run a few more 5Ks. And I didn't ever step up the distance until Disney created the Wine and Dine Half Marathon. Mm-hmm. So it took Disney and the Wine and Dine to get me going further distances. Never dreamed I could do a half marathon, but I thought I'll keep trying, see how it happens at Disney World. That's nice. Well, yeah, and I love that you said once you get to the race, the, the pressure's off and the fun is on. I mean, that's kind of, I think, run Disney in a nutshell. I mean, Sarah and I have been to a couple of the races, and and we realize that um, they attract a very wide range of runners, which we love, and they really celebrate um, each mile of every runner, which we really, really love. Um, I mean, so tell us what I mean. What do you love so much about the Run Disney races? Well, it, it is what you said. Everybody is. There are people of all different ages, body shapes, types, abilities. There are elite runners who you know are going to PR the course out in front and get uh, awards. There are people who've just begun running. There are people who um, are almost walking. For a Disney race, you have to keep a 16-minute mile. So there's people who do a lot of walking and have just a blast out there on the course with all the characters and the entertainment. And of course, running through the theme parks, uh, that's an experience you don't get any other way. Um, So it's just, just absolutely so much fun. Yeah, yeah, and your um, so your twin boys they run Disney races as well. So they have, they have. Disney has kids races along with almost all of their events. Their half marathons and of course marathon weekend in January. They have kids races starting at uh, 200 yards for the little bitty guys, all the mm-hmm. way up to a one miler. So uh, last January we went for the marathon. I ran the marathon. My husband ran the half, and the kids ran the uh, the Mickey Mile, and nice. finished that. Got their own T-shirts and medals to go along with. They run Disney experience. Very nice. And how old are your, your twin boys again, Jen? They are going to be 10 in just a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Nice. So they're a good good age to, to go a mile for sure. That's, oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they, they can go further. They, they, they do <laughs> lots of 5Ks, and one's lobbying me to do our uh, our New Year's Day resolution five-miler. So we'll see about oh, that. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Ooh. Very nice. And so was that, was that Walt Disney Marathon, was that your first marathon? That was my first marathon last January. And how did that go? It was apparently the hottest Disney marathon in 20 years. <laughs> lucky, lucky you. Uh-huh. I live in central Kentucky, so I'd been training here with my gloves and hat and out in the cold and to, uh, to get to Florida in the heat and the humidity. But I got, it, got, got finished, got my medal, had a great time, and I'm looking forward to trying it again this year, uh, hopefully with a little bit better weather. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, but coming up, uh, you have another marathon, but then, um, after that you have, um, the Disney wine and dine. So that's sort of what got you and I talking over email, Jen. And so 
It was got me thinking because uh, Dimity and I um, were at the Rock and Roll Las Vegas Half Marathon in 2011, which starts at like 5 or 5.30. But the Disney Wine and Dine, it's, for those who don't know, it's a half that starts. It starts at 10 p.m. So as a registered dietitian, kind of tell us what you've done on race day to be properly fueled and what, what women who are racing at kind of late afternoon, evening races can, can do. Like everything, it's very, very personal. But what has worked for me and a lot of other people and a lot of dietitians and trainers recommend is just doing what you would do for your morning race, but back shifting the times completely around to go with when your race is going to start. Um, Disney's Wine and Dine and Disney's Tower of Terror 10 Miler, they just had it a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They start at 10 o'clock at night. And then these others, and this can even apply to people who are uh, doing a major time zone change mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, people come from Europe to run some of the bigger races here in the States. So, you know, they're facing this uh, even when it is a morning race, just a major time change from what their body's used to. But uh, if what what has worked for us is to go ahead and have a, a, a decent meal uh, with these 10 o'clock starts about four in the afternoon. Hmm. And if people who maybe have a pickier tummy and have a harder time with food and, and gels and goos, completely back it up. You know, if, if you're going to run a morning morning half or a morning full and you would have your last food at, at six to eight o'clock the night before, that would mean if you have a nighttime race, you want to have your big meal reasonably early in the morning, mm. you know, 8 a.m., and then sort of, you know, kind of mimic what you would do with your overnight Sleep. time. <laughs> <laughs> and then go to bed for the next eight hours? Yeah, yeah, you know, that's actually kind of what we, we tend to do when, when we go to Disney for these night races. We do. It's so hard to take it easy and not go to the theme parks and not walk around and eat and drink, especially with the wine and dine because <laughs> the food and wine festival is going on all around Epcot. Oh, I know wine is the first <laughs> first word that I see right there. <laughs> so, you know, you, it's a temp- but if you can take it easy, have a meal, and then a lot of people, I've, I, this is what I usually do, have another snack, uh, a Cliff Bar, a, a half a bagel and peanut butter, whatever you normally like to eat, you know, two to three hours before your long run or your race, have that at, at uh two or three hours before this race is going to start mm-hmm. so that you have, you know, just your kind of usual fuel. You've just completely shifted your time around. Hmm. Hmm. And so it'd be okay if you're eating that big meal of the day, have it be breakfast foods. It doesn't, you know, we're not saying eat dinner at, yeah. at, at yeah. You know, you, you eat in the morning. You- feel like you can tolerate but yeah go ahead and have that that bigger and and have a balance you know balance with some some calories some uh, carbohydrates some protein some fat and but go ahead if you have that early in the day then your body's got some time to digest and use that energy and have it out of your system before you you get to the starting line well so so if i don't have a really picky stomach like i don't i mean so say i'm going to an evening race maybe it's not as late as 10 p.m but maybe it's like a six or seven o'clock race so i mean you know, I would just eat normally through the day, like have a normal breakfast, have my snack, have a lunch, and then like say the race is at six, you know. Yeah, you might even um, back maybe- off your lunch and just do more, you know, more of a snacky lunch and then a, a snack a few out, you know, hour or two before your start. Okay. 
Uh, that makes sense. Just, that makes sense. Yeah. And just like that stuff that you were talking about, like peanut butter bagel, banana, English muffin, bowl of exactly. cereal, you know, yeah, just that stuff is, that's pretty easy to digest. That's and, easy to digest, yeah. that stuff you like to have, you know, when you're ha- when you're having it <laughs> for morning races, we're having it at three and four in the morning. So exactly. that we can start line. So it's just, you know, kind of ignore the clock, but work off your same kind of timetable. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Depending on how you do with coffee, a lot of folks like to go ahead and have some coffee, especially when these races go on at 8 and 10 o'clock at night. Go ahead and have some coffee in there, too. If you uh, are a coffee drinker and would have that for your morning race, you know you're going to be up running you know, on into the evening and maybe even past midnight. Go ahead and have another cup of coffee, too. Wake back up after that nap. <laughs> That's nice. Exactly. Well, then, so once you get into the race, do you just do a normal fueling strategy in like your typical half marathon fueling strategy? And if so, what is that? Just, um, just oh, yeah, to... absolutely. For me, um, you know, Disney's great with lots and lots of water stops and Powerade at every one of them. Um, so they tend to fall every mile and a half to two miles. And I'm sure that rock and roll Vegas is the same. So I tend to alternate water at one and sports drink at the next. Um, if if it's a big race with lots of water stops, I don't usually carry my own. I go ahead and rely on what they have on the course. And then I I do two to three gels for a half marathon. Um, you know, different people, some people like to have one at the start, right. As they get going, have one when they're in the corral and that works for them. Um, I'm usually still working off the snack or the coffee that I've had. So, but, <laughs> so I tend to have one or, you know, two or three during the course of a race. What do you guys usually do? Oh, I'm the big, I'm the big planner. And I, uh, for half marathon, I religiously take a goo at mile four, mile eight. And then my, um, as I've offset on this podcast, my secret weapon is taking one at mile 11, because it seems like the that you're, you can almost see the finish line, but your body's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I think it'd be nice just to stop right here. So, um, you know, it, it just adds extra fuel for the, for a strong finish. I think so too. And some people that don't do well with the goose can get into the sports beans or their, uh, stinger waffles, uh, those alternate things that, uh, you know, work for lots of folks who don't tolerate the, the goo. Yeah. So, and then you, um, alluded to the, um, after party after, uh, Disney wine and dine, for instance. So how about smart refueling? Like there's so many sumptuous offerings at Epcot after that race in particular, you know, I'm thinking it'd be kind of easy to fill up on brie and wine, um, and, <laughs> and lose sight of the fact that, you know, your body just finished covering 13.1 miles. So what advice do you give to people who will be doing um, well, you know, you want to make sure that you're not one of those folks getting wheeled out in a wheelchair being sick. So, uh, you know, definitely oh. take some time to you honestly see that at, at wine and dine. Yeah, we I've seen that at uh, I've done three wine and dines and I've, I did the Tower of Terror, the inaugural Tower of Terror last year. And I did. There were a lot of people sick at the end. Oh, uh, I think for two reasons, I think for the heat and the humidity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with it being central Florida at Walt Disney world, it is pretty hot and humid even mm-hmm. on into the fall, especially for folks who've been training up North. So I think the heat and the humidity gets to people. Uh, I think there's some folks that maybe are coming to the start line a little undertrained and, um, you know, aren't quite ready for the distance that they end up doing in the race, but the, the timing does seem to affect people too. If you're not used to running at night, you're normally a morning runner. Uh, you may want to do a couple long training runs, 
later in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as you as you go through your training, go ahead and try one or two of them so you can practice this fueling mm-hmm. um, strategies and see what your body tolerates if it does the same at eight o'clock at night as it would at eight in the morning. Um, but yeah, there's there's usually some people who who um, you know for whatever reason are not feeling well when they get done. Uh, and we, we feel bad for them because they're missing out on that fun party. Well, yeah. So tell us about the party. I mean, so, so as with your RD, do you take off your, you know, your registered dietitian lenses when you get there and you're like, okay, now I'll have some Merlot and some Brie or do you you say, I've got to have the right blend of protein and carbs. You know, every once in a while I do take that hat off and try and just have a good time. But I do go looking at run. Disney does give you some, uh, some food to refuel right as you finish, you get your metal, you get your bottle of water, you get your uh, sports drink. And then they've got a, a, a box right there for you with everything, with some crackers, some cheese, Mm. Uh, so you get a little bit of carbs, a little bit of protein um, to kind of get that right into your body right as you, you get done to, to put some nutrition back in. And then, yes, of course, with the Wine and Dine and with the Tower of Terror 10 Mile or 2, there's a party in the theme parks when it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so food and wine festivals going around, World Showcase, um, every all the countries that are always there, but they set up some extra booths for the food and wine festival. So there's about 30, 35 booths from different countries offering tastes of nice. food and beers and wine from these different countries. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe some of those people getting uh, wheeled off might be maybe imbibing <laughs> a little bit too much. Yeah, it's it's awfully tempting. So uh, I do try and get to um, something with some some proteins, either you know the cheddar cheese soup from Canada nice. or the, the steak sandwich, try and have something with some uh, some protein to re um, refuel after finishing yes. the race before I dig in it but I, I will admit to having a celebratory glass of champagne here and there and uh, some tastings of wine as we settle down and work our way around the world yeah but a steak sandwich I mean that's pretty perfect I mean that's that's you yeah. know protein plus carbohydrate by its very name right there Right there waiting for you. <laughs> right. So I think we just I I, I think I would head to Canada for the cheddar cheese. <laughs> for the record, I don't eat beef, but I mean, if I were to, I think that sounds pretty perfect. The, the Hawaiian pork slider. Oh there. my! Oh, you just you oh, just Hawaii aloha. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Kalua pork! You just like started the salivate. I'm salivating over here. I hope I don't drool during the podcast. Um, so now you um alluded to uh, the Dopey Challenge, which you are taking on um, in, at Walt Disney World in January. So that's your, I take it, your first multi-day kind of tour de force type it race? It is. It is. This is going to be quite a challenge. Yeah, so tell folks uh, what the what the Dopey is. Give us the so, dope on the Dopey. The Dopey Challenge is brand new for 2014, and it is for us folks who are truly dopey. Uh, <laughs> for the last seven years, Disney's had the Goofy Challenge right, for folks right. who are truly goofy. Mm-hmm. They uh, run the half marathon on Saturday and then the full marathon on Sunday for 39.3 miles. Mm-hmm. Well, Disney has upped the ante and added, um, they've always had a 5K, but now they're adding a 10K. So those of us who are crazy enough to spend four days running the 5K, the 10K, the half marathon, and the full marathon for 48.6 miles (laughs) will be able to say that we are truly dopey. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, and so tell us how, I mean, uh, how, what's kind of your strategy? We realize it's a couple of months off, but what's your strategy going in both 
nutrition wise and kind of pacing wise. Cause that's, that's gotta, you know, you gotta be smart yeah. about that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we honestly kind of think that probably four days worth of two thirty AM wake up calls may be <laughs> hardest part. I'd, yes. I'd say yes. so. Oh my gosh. That plus the humidity, man, you might be peeling me off the sidewalk. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, it's obviously going to be loads of fun. And that is the approach that I'm taking for sure is that we're in it for fun. Uh, thoughts of finishing times are pretty much completely out the window. I'm not a speedy gal anyway. And uh, my, my aim is just to cross the finish line in an upright position all four <laughs> days. Uh, I'm going to end up with six medals by the end of it. So I'm excited for that. But um, training wise, um, you know, well, I'm training for a marathon. I have one coming up a uh, week after next. And we're actually doing that marathon mainly for my husband. It will oh. be his first. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Because we did not want his first marathon to be yeah. <laughs> after he'd already run a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon in the three days before. We didn't think that sounded smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might not so. have a real positive um, memories <laughs> looking back. And, you know, you want him to be able to do more of them. Yeah. So, but but I saw on your um, blog that you did a 23-mile training run in preparation for, for Dopey. So how'd that long run go for you? So are well, you preparing for Dopey yet, or are you preparing for the other marathon? Kind of both, kind of both. Okay. I've laid out training plan and, I, and then laid in. I did a half marathon two weeks ago. I've got this full coming up. I'm going to the wine and dine. So I kind of laid it all out and then added in the races and what works. Uh, I, I'm a, a Jeff Galloway devotee and follow his training plans and his method with the run walk intervals. Um, I learned early on that works for me. Uh, tried to run a couple half marathons running all the way through and of course completely ran out of steam and was trudging along at mile 11. I started out training at, at four and one, four minutes and one minute and found out it was real interesting. I did a, a half marathon trying to run it straight through. And a few weeks later did another one using the four and one interval. And I finished it almost the exact same time. Wow. And I'll tell you which one I felt a whole lot better after. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I did that for a while, did a four and one, did a three and one. And, and the intervals, he has some suggestions based on your overall pace of what ratios of running and walking to use. But I did get the chance to attend one of Jeff's running schools and talked with him personally. And he actually suggested I cut my interval and go even shorter. Um, he says evidence that he's found suggests that even a 30 second walk is enough time to give your body the benefit of the walk break where you can kind of regroup, regain your form and then start again, that 30 seconds is enough time to rest. So he actually suggested I try 90 seconds and 30 seconds. I tried it for the race right after and took four minutes off my best half marathon. Wow. That's impressive. Wow, that's that's very uh, cool. Yeah, it's it's really different. It takes a little getting used to. People who aren't used to doing intervals kind of, you know, um, reject the thought of, oh, I can't stop and start that often. And, but now I'm used to it. So that is what I did for the marathon in January. I, I did the entire, entire race at um, 90 seconds and 30 seconds. So for that, do you sort of hang off by the side then a little bit? I mean, because otherwise, aren't I mean, you know, Disney races can tend to have – you know, a little bit of congestion. I mean, aren't people like then plowing into the back of you all the time or no? Yeah, I try really hard to make sure I'm not in anybody's way. Um, 
So a friend of mine talks about having your head on a swivel. So I'm <laughs> with my ponytail whipping back and forth because I do try to peek over my shoulder before I stop dead in front of somebody. I generally race alone. So I'm not, you know, a huge uh-huh. crowd of five or six people. Like I said, I'm not a speedy gal. So back where I am, there's a lot of people uh, running intervals at, at different times. It's kind mm-hmm. of funny. We sort of leapfrog <laughs> each other with people doing different uh, ratios and different paces and speeds. But um, so there, there's a lot of beeping going on. Uh, <laughs> Wait, was that mine? Wait, who's it? Should, should I start? Should I stop? Where, where am I? Yeah, was that my beep? I have mine in my headphones, so that that helps. Oh, but, that, that works. That yeah, works. it is. It is. It is something. You know, you always want to be courteous of other people on the course with you, especially in a, a bigger, more crowded race. So I'm always kind of glancing around, making sure I, somebody's not going to crash into me, or I'm not going to cause a problem when I'm doing it. Right. So back, so back to the dopey. So four days of that. I mean, how does someone stay properly fueled and refueled for that massive undertaking? Yeah, I think the key is probably going to be, um, what we eat, especially right after the half marathon going Mm -hmm. in marathon. I think that's going to be the most important day to finish that race and get to a decent breakfast, get, a good load of protein and carbohydrates and fluids, um, especially if it's hot and humid, um, to get that back in on the, as soon as we finish the half marathon, start that and, and stay off our feet as mm-hmm. much as we can, um, that, that day to, to just rest and relax and, uh, and get ready. And then knowing, you know, knowing that, that nobody's going to set a PR, we're just going to go and have a good time. Uh, you bring in your kids to that one? No, I think they're going to yeah. stay home with Grandma Because I was going to say, the, the idea of, you know, it's one thing to say you're going to stay off your feet, but if your twin boys were with you, that might be a hard reality to, to keep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they came with us um, this past year because um, my husband ran the half and I ran the full. Together we were goofy. Um, <laughs> I've heard that about you. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of us was with the kids. I think this time with them being in fourth grade, I think they're going to hang at home with Grandma and Grandpa. We're going to have a few days alone to... Uh, run and try not to kill ourselves and they're letting you leave and go to go to disney world without you well you know i've made a couple of trips without them in the past especially since i started running and and since i started um working as a a disney travel agent and planning travel i've been able to take a couple of trips here and there so on my own but they know there'll be another one coming up for them too okay because i i when we so dimity and i have um run um, Disneyland half marathon, um, which we took our families to. But then when we went out to do Disney princess, um, uh, in this past winter, we didn't take our families and Dimity told her family she was going, but I did not tell my family. <laughs> I told them that, um, I was flying to Houston, which I was, but I didn't tell them that I was then getting another plane to continue to Orlando. So, but then they my, talked to my husband, um, while I was gone and he had me on speakerphone and the kids were in the van. Busted. Yeah. And so so that oh, exactly. like like I specifically didn't bring bring them any presents from Walt Disney World because you know because I hadn't been there and everything and oh yeah I caught some plaque for that so uh, yeah 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 <laughs> so. nice nice well hey so Jen one last um, nutrition related question and and um, 
whether you're run, doing Run Disney or any event. Um, I mean, a lot of women and a lot of runners travel for races. And we, I mean, you know, tomorrow we're flying to St. Louis and I'm already thinking like, what snacks am I putting in my bag? Sarah knows <laughs> I, I hit some low blood sugar and things, things just go south from there. So I'm just wondering kind of what you recommend, um, what you bring in your bag when you're going on the road and traveling and, and what, you know, what other suggestions you might have for people who are traveling with the race in mind. Well, the good news is that lately, more and more, if you work at it, you can find some healthy things while you're on the road and in airports and eating out. Um, So, you know, I'm definitely... You can't fly with peanut butter. Found that one out. Uh, but I'm definitely packing some granola bars, a piece of fruit, if I can uh, get that to fit in somewhere without getting smashed, um, you know, water bottles to fill up instead of soda and coffee. So something healthy to take with you the whole way. Uh, but, you know, I've noticed flying lately, even through the airports, that the the kiosks have fruit cups and yogurts and something besides burgers and fries. If you, if you work at it, you can find that. So um, sure, that's sure. The, the good news for us traveling. Wait, did you say that you can't fly with peanut butter? Yeah, can't fly with peanut butter. I've never heard that. They consider that a li- – are we talking like the kind that you have to stir up so it has oil on the top? It didn't, it didn't matter. They they took my jar of peanut butter and pitched it. Oh. oh it would have had checked luggage. Oh, I was thinking like a peanut butter sandwich. And I'm like – I said if I'd made it into a sandwich, I guess I'd have been okay. But not – couldn't take the jar through security. Wow. Wow, wow. That's, that's good to know. So we will um, – but then the key is to put it in a bag, like, like two – um, plastic bags before you put it in your luggage because that would be an <laughs> ugly explosion in with your running garb to have peanut butter all over it. Um, so, well, Jen, we'll be thinking of you as all these races come up and you uh, know that you'll be out there well-fueled and, and, you know, going for your dopey and, and having some wine and everything. So thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I'm breathing a huge sigh of relief. I thought that the friendly skies were now a nut-free zone like my kids' school. <laughs> I was going to be like, I am sympathetic with people who have nut allergies, but holy cow, like I said, you do not want to see me if I have no you know, good food in my stomach. So yeah, no, I, no, I guess I... I'll be making my PBs and Js for tomorrow. Actually, my nutsos and Js is what I've been making lately, to be honest. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm not picking you up at the airport unless you have been properly fueled <laughs> in route. <laughs> So, well, great. Well, uh, find us on our Facebook page, which is Run Like a Mother, the book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. On Twitter and now Instagram, we are at The Mother Runner. And our books are Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, available on Amazon and on our site. And uh, whether you're running Disney or, or just around your neighborhood, many happy miles to you. Tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. Beauty and the beast. Off to the cupboard with you now, Chip. It's past your bedtime. Good night, love.